0: Will you grab your copy of, of god 's word i want to i 'll preach fast, but I want to give you this word, Luke chapter four. I want to preach lock and key today, lock and key. Um, you ever had a you ever had a lock without a key? Come on where my Where are my people that have been locked out of their locked out of their car? Wave <laughs> at me. We've been locked out of your house You've been locked in a house that's a whole the the last two places i was locked out of or in have been at this church <laughs> so the way that we designed our prayer place tamara is that you can actually get locked in the prayer place <laughs> I guess that's a trick. I don't, I don't know if that was by design. I've been locked in the prayer place. You can get in, but sometimes if you don't, have, you can get like outside, but you can't get into the rest of the offices. I've been locked out of the Multiply Studio. That's where we film our, our, our videos. And so you don't actually need a key to get in there, but you need a code. Um, but the code is nine digits long. Who does that? Who does that? i make a pastor cuss just kidding with nine with a nine I, I'm that pouring down rain I'm like tit, 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 tit. <makes> oh my go- oh my goodness like I have a reoccurring nightmare that I'm being chased in that parking lot and I can't get the code right I, I have offered I've legitimately said to the staff I will give you an extra Christmas bonus if you change the code nobody's done it team the offer's still out there if anybody can figure out how to change the code on the studio but it's frustrating it's frustrating to have a lock but you don't have a key to get in the lock have you ever had a have you ever had a key like what's this for (laughs) you don't want to throw it away right (laughs) Because as soon as you throw it away, you're going to find out what it's for. And so you put it in the drawer. Oh, you got one of those drawers too. That kitchen drawer. It's where you keep, keep everything. That desk drawer. It's where you keep everything that you never use, but you might need. And you got a key without a locks without keys and keys without locks. Let me, let me, um, let me, let me read to you a, a modern day parable. And then we'll go into our scripture. Once upon a time there was a lock and the lock was very sad. If you were to ask the lock if he had a purpose on his best days he would have answered yes but really that would have only been an intellectual acknowledgement of something that was supposed to be true. The truth was he didn't feel it. In fact he felt quite the opposite. Most days he felt trapped a prisoner of himself. His emotions were bottled up, and he could never find the words to express them, so he felt as if he were the only one dealing with the hurt, the brokenness, the insecurity. He wanted so badly to contribute in some way to the greater good, but again, he was locked. He wanted love and be loved, but you guessed it, that part of him was locked up as well, and so there he was. He existed if you wanted to call it that, but that was all. To make matters worse, other people saw the lock and in their mostly good intentions tried to help. They would try to get Locke to talk about his feelings, to find himself, to be more self-aware, to open up from within, but Locke remained locked. Others would see his potential and try to pry him open, but push and pull and twist as they might. Nothing seemed to help. Locke again remained locked. Once upon a time, there was a key. Key was happy. Key was free. Key loved to sing and sang with other keys. Key loved to learn about the essence of being a key. And so he would read about it, listen to podcasts, and even attend conferences on the keys to being a key. Key was aware of locks. He even knew some locks, but he didn't like their music or their attitude. So Key would smile and nod at the locks. But for the most part, He kept his distance. Luke chapter 4. Jesus returned from Galilee and the power of the spirit and news about him spread to the whole countryside. And he was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. And he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. This isn't the message, but can I throw this out? If Jesus needed church every week... Maybe we do too. I'm just going to throw that out. I'm, I'm so thankful. Hear, hear my heart on this. Please hear my heart. I am so thankful for online. God has used this. He has blessed it. He has kept us connected. Online family, we love you. And I want to again say to you and affirm to you that God is going to lead you in the wisdom that you need when it's time to come back. Everybody has different uh, health issues and all of that, and I understand that. But hear my pastor's heart. Hear my pastor's heart. People that are coming back, do you know the one thing that I'm hearing them say over and over again? Pastor, thank you so much for online, but it's not the same. It's not the same. And the word for church, do you know what ecclesia, part of what ecclesia means? Assembly. Assembly. So there's part of us, part of the disconnect that you're feeling is that you're assembled but you're not fully assembled and so this pastor i just want to encourage you i want to encourage you at the right time for the wisdom for you and your family but online isn't the same okay come back come back to the house we love you we miss you and we will welcome you let's come back as the assembly of god's people better and stronger on the other side of this can you say amen amen And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What is Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, I stepped into a world that was bound. Bound by poverty, bound by oppression, bound by blindness, both physical and spiritual. But Jesus said, I'm anointed. I am the key. And so I I have come. Jesus says I'm the key and I am coming into a locked up world to open up the locks and Jesus said that's my mission and then Jesus says later on in his teachings that he passes on that mission to us. So I just figured that we ought to be about the things that Jesus was about. So how do we do that? How do we bring hope and freedom to the city? Several things. We must operate. We've got to operate in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointing me. Same thing like if Jesus needs church, I probably need church. If Jesus needs the power of the Holy Spirit, I probably need the power of the Holy Spirit. Like how much more do we need the power of the Holy Spirit? So we're going to do a short series on freedom of the city right after that. I'm so excited. We're going to do a series teaching you through the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? How can you access the power of the Holy Spirit? We're going to call it greater things because those are the words of Jesus in John chapter 14. Jesus says, Jesus says, Pastor Justin, he said, Easter was my favorite, but it's not my favorite anymore. The Ascension's my favorite. The ascensions that's your new favorite. Your new favorite is the Ascension. Because if Jesus didn't ascend, he couldn't have given you the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, greater works will you do than he did. That's mind-blowing, right? I want to enter in. I want to enter into a greater things. Let's believe for a greater things season. I'm believing for a greater things, because those are the words that Jesus said. And Jesus said that we can't obtain that on on our own, we need the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to teach through that, and then on our deeper, our first Wednesday in June, we are going to give everybody opportunity to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You say, Pastor, what's that? I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you what it is, and we're going to believe for that for a filling and a refilling like we have not experienced in a long time with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus says this. He says, "The the power of the Lord is upon me. I'm anointed." But He says, I'm anointed to, say to. That little word, I'm telling you, that little word is important. Jesus says, I'm not just anointed to sit. I'm anointed to serve. Come on, somebody. You know that we are not anointed to look pretty. You're, I mean, you look good. Don't get me wrong. But you're not anointed just to look good. You're anointed to serve. You're anointed for a purpose. It would be like this key saying, I'm a key. Everybody come and just admire my keenness and look at me glisten and shine. And wow, what a, what a key. Like that's not the purpose of the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is for solutions to problems in this world. What are those things? Then that's the second thing. We bring hope and freedom to the city by meeting the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of hurting and broken people. This is what Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. So I don't think, here's what Jesus, I don't think what Jesus was doing. I don't think Jesus was, was creating categories. I don't think Jesus was, was labeling people in this moment. Do you? I mean, can you imagine this in the, in the synagogue? So This is Jesus' first public sermon. He gets up in the synagogue. Everybody's meeting together. He takes the scroll, goes back to the prophet Isaiah, and he reads this. And I don't think that Jesus, uh, the second thing that Jesus did was, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take all the, all the blind people, all the blind people. We're going to put you over here, and we're going to label you, and we're going to categorize you as blind. And then we're going to subcategorize you into physically blind and spiritually blind. And then all the prisoners, what we're going to do with the prisoners who are on parole, we're going to line you up according to your state-issued uh, prison ID number. And that's your new identity is your prison thing. And then and then all of the lost people and the hungry people. I don't think Jesus was doing that. I don't think Jesus was doing that. You know, when I started thinking about that, I started thinking about people who want to divide and label who divide and label. And that started sounding a lot like the work of the enemy, doesn't it? Divide, divide and label, divide and label. We see that a lot in our society, right? We want to divide, we want to divide and label. And if the enemy can successfully divide the house, then he puts people at war against, he wants to divide your marriage. He wants to divide kids against fathers and fathers against mothers. He wants to divide Christians against Christians, denominations against denominations, skin colors against skin colors, countries against countries, like that's the work of the enemy that wants to divide and label, divide and label. And I started thinking about that. Who else divides and labels, divides and labels? I started thinking about your friendly neighborhood butcher. Now let me pause and say, I'm thankful for you. Butchers, you are anointed to divide and label that cow and to feed my belly with all of that meat in here. And so thank you for that. But the goal when you start to divide and label is to kill and consume. When the enemy begins to divide and label people, it is for the purpose of killing and consuming. But Jesus came and he did not see people with labels. He saw people as people. There was one category. It's called broken. It's one category. Come on. Do you remember when you were broken? How many, how many of you remember when you were all locked up? Locked up with religion. Locked up with rebellion. Locked up with addiction. Locked up with, come on. Come on, how many of you remember? How many, how many of you were locked, you were locked up? It would do us good to remember our lives before we found Jesus. Jesus says there's one category: Everybody's broken and everybody needs Jesus. And that's what we're doing. Here, here's, what we're, here's what we're seeing in our, in our culture today. We're seeing locks. Trying to solve problems of locks with lock methods. You see that? So, so everybody recognizes problems of um, human trafficking or homelessness or food insecurity or addiction or whatever it is. But here's, what's, here's what we're watching, church. We're watching the world try to solve the world's problems with the world's methods. And it's, and it's a mess. And so we're seeing locks get hurt. We're seeing people try, twist. It's this mess. But then what the devil would do is he would sit, like, we've got the answer, Jesus, right? What the devil would do is he'd get us all huddled together. Oh, my, my, my. Would you look at those locks? Would you look how they're talking to each other? Would you look what they're doing? They, they don't even know what they're doing. And we're over here all huddled together with the keys, with the answer. Here's what what the Spirit is doing. The Spirit is doing the same thing that the Spirit did in the ministry of Jesus. He's giving you the key, which is Jesus, and he's bringing you to locks. And the way that we minister, sometimes we get to the spiritual by meeting the physical and the emotional. It's all all together, right? So at the Dream Center, that's why we feed people. At the Dream Center, that's why we help people get out of homelessness. At the Dream Center, that's why we have addiction and recovery. At the Dream Center, that's why we partner with counseling services, because that is all part. Jesus doesn't see you as divided. He doesn't say, well, there's the emotional part, and then there's the spiritual part. No, he sees you as holistic, and so sometimes we need to meet the physical and emotional needs, but all Also, hear me, we must never give somebody a sandwich without telling them about Jesus. Because that's as as bad as anything. Then then what happens? You send somebody into eternal misery. You meet their temporary need and send them into eternal misery. But what the Spirit is doing is he's bringing this all together to heal people and to heal our word. And that's the, the final thing is just we've got to always point people to Jesus. To bring hope and freedom to our city, we always point people to Jesus. Verse 20. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Then the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. I love that. To me, that is the definition of a successful church service, of a successful corporate worship gathering. You say, what's that, Pastor? All eyes on Jesus. All eyes on Jesus. Was that a good service? I don't know. Were your eyes on Jesus? Like, like I, sometimes, sometimes the, the inner worldly person in me, likes hearing, well, that was a good sermon, but I don't want to hear, like, I want to hear what a, not what a sermon, but what a savior. Not what a not what a song, but what a savior. Eyes on Jesus, right? Eyes off of me, eyes off of you, eyes off of us, even eyes off of multiplied church. All eyes on Jesus. If that's what we bring every time we gather together in worship, all eyes on Jesus. If that's what I bring every time that I step into the community, all eyes on Jesus. If that's what we do every day at the Dream Center, all eyes on Jesus. Then that's successful ministry. All eyes on jesus and he began by saying them then today this scripture is fulfilled why was it fulfilled because jesus was reading it it wasn't just because there were successful programs being accomplished but that people's eyes were fastened on jesus again how do we bring freedom to the city It's by taking the key that God has given us, finding problems in the world and just saying, you can never fix these problems without Jesus. You can't fix racism without Jesus. You can't fix addiction without Jesus. You can't fix abuse without Jesus. You can't fix um, mental illness without Jesus. Like you can... You can take some steps, but like ultimately, you can't do it without Jesus. And if and if we've got this key, heaven forbid that Jesus comes back and see all, see all the keys just gathered together, celebrating being keys, without saying we've got a community. That needs these keys. And every day in my life, I just wanna just wanna hand somebody the key. Here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. Here's Jesus with heads bowed and eyes closed in the house today. Would somebody say, Pastor, if I've been honest, I've kept my key in the kitchen drawer. I used to use it, but I I I used to use my gift. I used to serve. I used to. I used to be involved in ministry, but I kind of put my, put my key away. Would you just hear the spirit of the Lord calling you back into ministry, calling you back into the game, finding a hurt and healing it, finding a need and, and meeting it? Can I ask you, are you using your key? Are you using your key? And then can I ask somebody today, have you received the key? Have you received the key? Are you walking around, but you're not awake? Are you going through the motions, but you're not alive? Have you been trying to fix your life on your own? Have you been trying to do better, but you realize today, Pastor, I realize that I can't unlock my own life. I need the key to unlock my life, and that key is Jesus. So if that's you, if you're in the house today, and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. As I pray this prayer out loud, I want you to pray it silently at your seat. Just say something like this, Jesus, I'm locked up. I need you. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again. Now I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart and to come into my life and help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Come on, who's ready to be a key this week? If you're ready to be a key this week, can you give them one more shout of praise in the house today?